Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Yes, indeed, it's another Growing in Grace podcast. Joel, the Breeze Man, along with Mike, the Cap, Kapler, thanks for coming along here. Our weekly podcast, Growing in Grace, found at growingingrace.org. We've been talking about the part of the book of Galatians where Paul is, man, he's just kind of hammering these people with the, the, the difference between being free and being under the law. Being under the law, you're not free. Being freed from the law is what he was talking about here in Galatians 3 and Galatians 4. We've been talking about how the law is not of faith. Last week we talked about how, uh, or a couple weeks ago at least, we talked about how if you're going to live by faith, you can't be mixing it with the law because the law is not of faith. And so Paul is really letting these people know. He calls them foolish. He asks what has bewitched them, who has bewitched them, all these things that it should be pretty obvious that he's trying to get them to go a certain way. And uh, you know, we, we kind of wish that the church would <laughs> be steered the same way that Paul was trying to steer these people. So we had two covenants, one that brought bondage and one that brought freedom. And so we'll, we'll continue talking about that this week. How's Mr. Kapler? Oh, fine, Joel. Yeah, this is this has been fun, and and for those who may be listening to us for the very first time, um, this is probably like the third or fourth program that is branching off of that phrase that Paul used back in Galatians three. I want people to know that Joel didn't just make that up. Paul actually told the Galatians that the law is not of faith. Now, when he says the law, what is he referring to? Of course, it was the Mosaic law, which contained not just the Ten Commandments but over 600-plus laws, commandments, and statutes, uh, and they were all wrapped together in the same package, not divided up. It was called the law. You know, you can say it contained different laws and commandments in there if you want to, but it was all wrapped up and bundled together in something called the law. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I want to remind us that what God said back in the Old Covenant is that nothing will be taken away from this law and nothing will be added to it. The law was the law, and it was always going to be there. It either all had to be in place together or it all had to come to an end, and that's exactly what happened. It was all in place together before Christ, but after the cross and after the testator's death, Jesus, then the law came to an end. All of it had to come to an end, And uh, something I mentioned at the end of the last program, Joel, is that a typical mindset that you'll find within traditional Christianity is that some of that law was canceled out, but some of it, some of those commandments are still in place. But there is nowhere in the scripture that says that. We read into it, we we try to develop it that way through our doctrines, uh, and we make some assumptions based on some things that Jesus said to Jewish people who were under the law at that time. But there's nothing in the, in the Scripture, in New Covenant writings or anywhere, that would say that these laws or these commandments, these rules, have been put aside and thrown out 
but these over here are still in place. It's just not there. So keep that in mind. The law is not of faith. I mean, so that, this is a big deal. I mean, this mm-hmm. this is a, a, a huge deal because you've got people who will try to say, well, we know we're not justified by the law, but we're uh, we're going to be, you know, sanctified by the law or something like that. We're going to be set apart by trying to keep certain commandments from within that law. Again, it's just not in there. You you can't find a passage that says God will set you apart by you trying to keep the works of the law. You're going to find the opposite of that in New Covenant writings. So, yeah, we were kind of wrapping some things up at the end of Galatians chapter 4, where Paul was comparing Sarah and Hagar as an allegoric thing, where uh, one was the Old Covenant, Hagar, and one became the New Covenant, Sarah, because uh, she gave birth to the child of promise. What do you think about that, Joel? Right, yeah. He, you know, Paul is talking about the two covenants, and uh, one of the things that people will say, going along with what you were talking about there, is that, okay, a lot of the old laws, the Levitical laws, we're not under all those, but we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments. Well, right here in Galatians 4 that we're talking about, where Paul is talking about the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. That's the phrase that Paul uses there. What do we know was given at Mount Sinai? Moses went up the mountain with two, or, and he came back with two, not iPads, but tablets. Oh, <laughs> two, two tablets of stone. <laughs> I know, that's horrible. It's overdone, and I, and I, I, and I, um, I did it poorly there. But um, we know that the Ten, the Big Ten Commandments, give birth to bondage. And again, like you're saying, if we're talking about the law, we're talking about the whole thing, all 613 commandments. But this is I'm just saying that for people who say that we need to keep the Ten Commandments, specifically we know that they came from Mount Sinai, and Paul is talking about what gave birth to bondage, and he's talking about what came from Mount Sinai. So for this, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, which corresponds to Jerusalem, which is now in, and is in bondage with her children. So what Paul says here, so Isaac was the child of promise. He came from Sarah. And then the son from Hagar was the child of bondage. Paul says here, nevertheless, what does the scripture say? And he quotes from the Old Covenant Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. The point here is that he says, cast out the bondwoman. Okay, so that was Hagar, which represented the law, and her son, which was in bondage. So cast out the law. And the bondage, this is how I read it, cast out the law and the bondage that goes along with it. It's all together. When you're under the law, Paul says, you're in bondage. You need to be set free from that. You need to become an heir, not of the bondwoman, but of the free woman. All of that to say that the freedom that we have in Christ is freedom from the law. It's not something where we keep continuing to keep the law. I had a comment on social media this week that says that... (laughs) The reason, he told me the reason that our sins have been taken away is because we've stopped doing them. And that that's totally misses <laughs> the point of the gospel. It just totally misses it. In other words, your sins haven't been taken away unless you stop doing them. 
That's not why Christ came. He he came yeah, because it, we. It's starting to smell like filthy rags in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is very filthy rags, and so uh, we need to be sons, and we are sons in Christ of the free woman. And there you have it. I mean, that was the the difference between the old and the new. One brought bondage, the other brought life. And as Paul said, if there was a commandment or a law that could bring life, then righteousness would have been by the law instead of through Christ. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't one. It couldn't be done. The, The law was not given to improve morality. It wasn't given to reduce sin. That's what people think. They think it's going to reduce sin. Morals will improve. Uh, will become more sanctified gradually as we try to follow those rules. That's not why it was given. So we got people spinning their wheels out there, going no, as the Three Stooges would say, they're going nowhere fast. And <laughs> there's the a better in. way to go about this, and it's found in the person of Jesus Christ, who now lives in us by His Spirit. And so, moving on into Galatians five, real quickly here, uh, we're going to see that word therefore. Probably, regardless of what translation you're you're reading, you'll see it somewhere in that first verse of Galatians 5, stand fast, therefore. And when, when, the reason I point that out is whenever you see the word therefore, you back up and you find out what it was there for, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I loved it when somebody taught me that years ago, even before my grace days. He's referring back to something that's already been said, and that might mean a few verses. It might mean a few chapters, like in this case with Galatians. But stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, the freedom by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. What was the yoke of bondage? He just talked about it at the end of Galatians 4. Paul was talking about the law of commandments, and this was something he had referred to even earlier in the book of Galatians about bondage and having been bewitched uh, by people who would come along and try to get them to mix law and grace together. So, Paul goes on here, verse 2, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised— this is just one example, circumcision, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor or obligated to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ or severed from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. And so, again, referring back to what I said earlier, some people will say, well, justification, we know that doesn't come by the law. You're saved as a gift by grace through faith. We know that. But the law is still in place, some of it, so that we can become more holy, more sanctified, more righteous, more acceptable, you know, uh, less sinful, whatever whatever brand of denomination is teaching uh, along those lines. That that's what they're telling you. But again, just repeating here, that just isn't in the Scripture. The law isn't used for that. It, the law was never meant for righteous people in Christ. Paul wrote that to Timothy. So, Joel, the point here is, then this kind of ties into something that James said in his epistle, is that if you're going to try to keep any of the law, you're going to be required to keep the whole law. And if you break one commandment, you're guilty of having broken the whole thing. Right. And I, I'm glad you brought up that therefore thing because it's, as I, you know, I'm looking at this, some people have told me, because you read from verse 2 of chapter 5, where it says, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And so people will tell me, see, he's just talking about circumcision there. That's all he's talking about. He's, we're still supposed to keep the rest of the law. 
But like you said, and and if and, and what they do is they're completely ignoring everything that he just said about the law coming from Mount Sinai. Again, what came from Mount Sinai? We got the Ten Commandments, and we got the, the whole giving of the law is, like you say, is one whole, it's one law that is not to be broken up. A couple at least of different verses that we've talked about uh, from the Old Testament say that God himself said that it's not to be broken up. But so he says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Again, we've been freed from the yoke of the entire law, the bondage of the entire law. And so we can't be trying to mix in some of those old laws. We can't say, oh, it's just about circumcision. It's, well, you know, obviously animal sacrifices are done away with. Uh, Obviously, uh, certain things like about clothing and things, they're done away with. But there's all these other moral laws that we're supposed to keep. No, he's not, he doesn't say that. Paul doesn't say that. He's talking about the whole law that has been done away with because we have something new. And and Paul even addresses this because, okay, so if we don't have the law, this question comes up. If we don't have the law, how are we supposed to live? Well, we live life by the Spirit. We live life according to faith, apart from the law. I'm sure there's plenty more to be said about this, and we'll try to pick up on some of this stuff and see what else we can bring out of it coming up on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.